Hello, everybody. Celia Waterhouse here. Thank you so much for joining us at On Point Mentors. Today, we have Colin Miles. Now, Colin is uh, the CEO of Miles Better Accounting, aka the numbers guy. I love that. I love that. Um, and you're going to be talking about let the numbers decide today. Uh, welcome, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. I've been watching some of the previous interviews, so uh, looking forward to adding my angle to, uh, yeah, to the difference that a business mentor has when we're uh, on the finance side. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I've heard a lot about you, and of course, I've met you briefly before, and everybody always has wonderful things to say about you, so I'm excited. Uh, and you know, let the numbers decide, I think is a really intriguing title. So tell me about, uh, you know, what you, what do you want to talk about today? And how did you okay. get into, how did you, okay, wait, a minute, let's start over. How did you become the numbers guy? All right. Okay. Well, that, that's a, that's a long and convoluted story and we may go longer than an hour if we'll do that, but I'll give you the abridged version uh, just because it, I think it does add some value to, to how I became the numbers guy. Uh, as, as such. Ultimately, now I'm an accountant. We're a virtual-based accounting firm. Uh, we currently reside in South Carolina where we're working with some clients, but you can guess from my accent that I'm from England. Uh, so I started my career actually at college, uh, at university, where I studied to become an accountant. I did an accounting degree. Uh, but back in the 80s, and yes, I'm quite I'm one of the 80s children, uh, accounting was extremely dull. Uh, a very, very traditional methodology. Yes, exactly. Lots of things. <laughs> and I realized that that you'll see as we go through this in, uh, discussion that my personality was not to be a typical accountant with a little bean counter sitting in the in the corner. Um, but it did remind me of something as a child that I loved watching from Sesame Street. And I loved the character, the count. I love to count my money. So that was the inference. That was what <laughs> what got me going. I love counting money, so the money and numbers and things like that. But I realized that actually my personality wasn't going to let me be an accountant uh, at that time. And I pivoted into management, uh, into retail management, uh, and uh, worked my through, way through various uh, career developments. And, and that's actually where I end, ended up meeting Faye, Faye Chapel, uh, back in the late 90s when we worked, both of us as uh, retail directors at uh, Godiva Chocolates. So I was picking up, obviously, how, uh, how numbers were working, but I was always seeing it just from the senior management side, and I was just given them. I was just given the numbers and told this is what they were doing, and they made sense, um, hence letting the numbers decide, but I didn't really truly understand because the businesses were just giving us the information. So a couple of things happened in my life uh, in the fact that um, I really got sucked into corporate world. And this is a story that many people have as you move to become an entrepreneur. Uh, and there was a moment in my life where my wife said to me, um, I love you dearly, Colin, uh, but I don't like you anymore. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. It was quite brutal. My wife <laughs> Oh, that's very direct. Uh, she is a, a fully qualified accountant and more of the traditional type of accountant. Uh, but she said, I don't like you. What you've become uh, and the way that you've spiraled in your career and your inner self. And my personality had changed dramatically. So I quit my job, quit my six figure job, uh, got on a plane, uh, went out to the US where my boss was and quit. Now, there's another story here, which is a bit uh, sort of life changing. Um, I hadn't told my wife I was going to quit because oh. I felt really really despondent that I was going to have to do this. And I came home uh, to find she'd gone to work to find that I couldn't get in my own house. She had locked the front door because she'd gone out the side door and I didn't take the side keys with me when I went to the US. So I ended up sitting on the um, front porch for a couple of hours. And I'm not, not ashamed to say I bawled my eyes out for a little bit. There was actually a sense of relief, and there was a point to this, in the fact that if you don't enjoy what you're doing right. and it's becoming an effect of your life, then actually you need to change it. Uh, that's not what we're going to talk about today. But the numbers, coming back to let the numbers decide, were playing a thing. I was doing a job that I didn't like because I felt we need the money, the income. The numbers were telling me at that point I needed to earn more money. But actually, that was only part of the numbers. So long story short, changed my job pivoted into running my own business, to becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, and uh, well, you and I touched very briefly at the beginning yeah. that you were a scuba diver. Yeah. Uh, well, I decided I needed something as a passion, so I became, I learned to scuba dive. 
uh, and uh, really enjoyed it. And it was a, a bit of a relief, a bit of a change going underwater. You couldn't, you, you really had to focus on yourself and not uh, obviously and other people and, and stuff. And the, so the numbers and business and general life could be could be eased away. So that was that was good. I decided that I would go and hang out at my dive center while I was on a career break. And the owner at that point said, look, I can't pay you, but why don't you become an instructor with us because you're enjoying this and I'll cover the costs. He had an exit plan strategy. His numbers were telling him, I think you might buy my dive center. And I did. I ended up loving the business so much that I bought the dive center. And this is where then the numbers really start to come to play in that I then had to work out how the hell I was going to learn about the numbers because nobody was giving me the numbers. The numbers were my numbers and I had to know what they were. Obviously, my wife being an accountant was very and having had an accounting degree and the business support and being corporate. I knew what I was doing. But now the numbers really had to be they were my numbers. I really had to own them. I couldn't just go home and say, well, we had a bad sales day because if you have a bad sales day when you're running your own business, as, as we all now know, the money doesn't come in. You've got to make an understanding. So it was then that we really started to focus on building what I would like to call uh, the Miles Better Four Pillars of Success. And I had to build some systems. And so that's really how I ended up becoming the numbers guy in that I was running my own business. I expanded, ended up with um, eight dive centers in various locations in the UK and overseas. And I had to know what they were doing. I had to know the numbers. Right. Um, but I wanted to do it on a shoestring because every penny I spent out um, was, was going to cause a problem. We then sold the dive center business in around about 2012, 2013. Uh, we took another career break. Um, an opportunity came up for us to take some breaks. But at that point by then, I had realized that actually small business and entrepreneurs did not understand their numbers. All right. And because of that, it became emotionally draining for them. They were on a treadmill to nowhere sometimes. Uh, and so it was about, OK, well, how can we help with all of my learning, all of my systems that I had developed, all of the experience that I had? How could we turn that round to become the numbers guy for small businesses and entrepreneurs? And that's ultimately what we've been doing in the last sort of six years is moving ourselves into being business coaches, business mentor support and ultimately accountants, bookkeepers, virtual CFOs, depending on what word you want to use. But it's allowed us to start to turn back and give back as I've moved through my career that I can start to help small businesses. And that's where we focus. So that's where we now look at doing let the numbers decide because they take away the emotion. And I we touch on that in the summit. So I'm not going to steal all of that. Uh, and so those who are watching here, I want to come come see us at the summit. because Lots of us have got lots of lots of fun things as well. Um, but, you know, the the numbers are the alpha and the omega of everything. Right. You mentioned at the beginning that you don't like numbers. Uh, <laughs> why, why do you not like numbers? What, what, do you, what, what, what From an emotional point of view, what, are, what does the numbers do emotionally to you? Why, why do you not like them? I, I, I didn't say I didn't like numbers. <laughs> I, I, I did say I'm not the numbers girl. <laughs> no, I thought, well, we, 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 that's fine. Um, but, you know, what, what are they when if I say to you, you know, what are your numbers like at this week this in your business? Is it something that goes, oh, yeah, or is it something you go, oh, no, 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 no. You know, num numbers to me, um, you know, when we deal with, I don't know, finances or wealth building, I try not to get too emotional about my numbers. We talk about emotions and numbers, and I know you talk about that in the summit, and people can watch both. So, um, yeah. um, so you know, I tr I try not to fluctuate too much on on my emotions with the numbers. So they're just kind of an uh, a gauge of where I'm at and what I need to do. And and you're right. Let the numbers decide. If the numbers are here, I got to do this. If the numbers are here, I got to do this. Um, I, I, I suppose with numbers, I mean, I, or, or dislike of numbers, as you said, uh, I tend to like a relationship with a, a person and the conversation that can go anywhere and it's not so black and white on, on mathematics, put it that no, no. way. 
Does yeah, that make sense? That, that makes sense. And that's a common statement that people think there's actually a lot of math inside um, accounting. There is, but ultimately it's about interpreting what the numbers mean. And that's yeah. what we mean by the numbers. Yeah. Um, nowadays, with so many more um, software and apps, um, the older phrase, there's an app for that. Um, we try and rephrase that. There's an accountant for that. Um, because, in fact, just to pick exactly what you just said, an app or a piece of software is not intelligent. It can't make that conversational discussion. It can't make that decision. Am I allowed to do that? Should I do that? What does this number mean? Um, and so as a result, that's really where um, we've pivoted ourselves to become more of this. Um, another concept that I've sort of developing is the accounting translator. Um, it's a phrase from Warren Buffett. Um, I can't, uh, um, well, accounting translator is mine, but the statement comes from Warren Buffett, who's perhaps one of the most famous business people out there. So we all know who he is. Um, accounting is the language of business. All right. Now, I'll caveat that with it's a shame so many small entrepreneurs and business people are not fluent because there is a mystique. There's a black voodoo magic, as I like to refer to it, that accountants, lawyers do the same thing. Doctors do the same thing. We have these funky words, you know, debtors, creditors, trial balances, all these sort of words. Really, I think we were created them to try and you know keep our clients all oh, know we don't want you to know what we do because you might do it yourself. Well, of course, unfortunately, with software, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing. But the challenge is that you don't get that interaction. You don't get that business support. You don't get that, why did you do that? You know, had you thought about doing that and or just the other way, that's not allowed. You might think you can claim that against your taxes and your business, um, but the app won't say no. The app will just go take the picture, scan the picture, and it does it for you, but it doesn't know whether it's doing it correctly, whether it's missing something. So you're right. The numbers are let the numbers decide, but they need to be interpreted. And that's where a guide in your corner um, can come along and, and sort of assist. And, and that's that's one of the other things that we've uh, we believe as a well, I believe as a business mentor coach um, is that I'm coaching you on to how to interpret the numbers, how to feel that they become your friend, uh, that they're not alien. Um, and so the word plain speak is something that I resonate a lot when I'm mentoring um, or working with a client, because what the hell does debtor mean? <laughs> what does debtor mean to you? What is, I mean, debtor actually is a really odd one, because if you if I said a debt, you, most people see in debt, they think it's something you owe. Actually, a debtor is somebody who owes you money. So if I if you if I, if I was a client of yours and you sent me an invoice, I'm a debtor. And it actually comes from the banking world, where the banking world is in reverse of what, well, actually, it's the banking world that's right. We're in reverse of it. So when you are an example in your business bank, when you see a credit balance, you're actually a creditor to the bank because the bank owes you money because it's your money and they've got it. When you're in debit or in overdraft situation, you owe them. So right. Just seems the the other way around, and and so oh, I've got a debit. I'm I've got money in my bank. Well, yes, actually, then you're a creditor to the bank, and the other way around. So it's those type of things that I think you know, having a, a guru in your corner, which is another phrase that I like to use, um, that can help you translate those numbers. Right. Um, is, is a powerful tool um, that again comes back to letting the numbers decide rather than emotionally going you know, I want to do that. Well, how do you know you want to do that? Well, I want because emotionally, I'm, 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 I want to be the best. Well, okay, you've got to have a plan. And you've got to have a yeah. business plan. And there are elements of it. And so it's about demystifying. And that's some of the things that uh, I like to try and do. You know, that's interesting, because just the other night, I had a, a girlfriend come over and we we're sitting around our fire table having a glass of wine. She's an accountant. Uh, but she works uh, in mergers and acquisitions. Okay, and, yeah. you know, I find her her job fascinating when she talks about what she's doing. And I'm like, how can I shadow you? Can I learn more about it? Because, okay, I'm not the numbers girl. However, I, and and I have to redeem myself because it's not that I hate numbers. I uh, when I was 15, I didn't meet you on the spot. I didn't meet you. Yeah. You're obviously a successful businesswoman, so you know them. <laughs> so that that was perhaps a little bit of a thing. But most entrepreneurs, passion is not the numbers right. because if they were. I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. I wouldn't be uh, able to support them with virtual CFO services or with business mentoring. So I'm really pleased that most people aren't um, the numbers. 
<laughs> going, okay, well, what else can I teach? Um, it's the, you know, it's about the, the passion. So you're saying about the girl, the, the lady. Oh, 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 yeah. So, you know, okay, we talk about business mentoring, talk about, you know, mentoring people and understanding their numbers. So where does one start? Like, I was fascinated by, by her job. And um, so I thought, God, that would be so cool if I could know just as much as she did. Uh, because then you see businesses, and as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm always looking around and always creating things. And you look at businesses in an entirely different way when you, when you have the numbers, right? So, right? so where would one start? Like, it, it, tell me the process. How does one even start? Well, again, I th like, like with everything in life, that's a huge cake, all right? And the old adage of how do you eat an elephant? Well, you eat them in bite-sized chunks, all right? So like, like in, uh, if you're launching your business, you're, if you're becoming a life coach, you need to niche. You need, well, not niche is not the right word. You need to think about what is it you want to do. She's become an expert in her field over many years, and it's been layering on. Like you're an expert in your field, and if I reframe the same question the other way around, you'd say to me, well, you might want to start here, and then we're going to layer that on, we're going to layer that on, we're going to layer that on as well. And that's the same with numbers, really. So... Um, or the, the approach. So what we like to try and feel is, is a good start is that, again, hence learning the terminology, hence the accounting translator concept uh, that we came up with that takes those funny words and starts to make you think about what is what do they mean? So that at least if you start to see them, start people start talking about them. Are, you know, we, we all use these in acronyms and we reduce the letters, you know, TB, trial balance, return on investment, ROI. And we all get these very jargony words. So I think, you know, the first phase would be to start to understand those words. Um, and one of the things that we do here is, is very much that's a starting point. Let's take the 42 basic numbers, uh, basic phrases and words and break them into plain speak. Um, make them feel that there's something else. Stock is a great one. Better way of thinking about stock is piles of cash, all right? Because when you look at a shop and you've got all this stock, it's money that that owner, that that business has tied up. Look around your home, same sort of thing. Where's all your money when you go, I don't seem to have any money in my bank. Well, you look around and go, I've got a beautiful home. Very, that, that's the thing. And in fact, I did have one client who I was asking, you know, we were talking about the numbers and there was uh, um, not so, you know, we were talking about where, where his funds were and he did start looking around the room. And uh, I took that to mean, well, I, I'm looking at it. So, uh, you know, it, you, can, you, can, you can see that there. So again, it's, it's what do you want to understand and what are you trying to achieve? So um, it, it might be, again, as, as an example, if your end goal is to get yourself out of debt, well, then we need to look at what you're spending. You know, if your uh, end goal is to buy another company, well, first of all, we need to understand, have you got the collateral and the like buying a new home? It's no different. Where do you start? You look in an area and you and you, and you move on in, in that sort of format. So there's no one start point because you need to drill down like everything as to what is it you want to achieve? Because if it's not, if you don't have specific plans and that's one of the blocks to success that often happens in the numbers game, big thing, I want to be successful, okay? Well, what do you mean by that? I want to earn more money. Okay. Okay. We're getting down a little bit. What do you mean by that? Do you want great sales? Do you want great uh, cash flow? Or do you want great profit? Now, what of those three would you most like to have to you? <laughs> okay. Sales, profit. Cash or profit. Which do you think is the most important of those three items? <laughs> profit. Very good. It's very good. But if you go to if you speak to most entrepreneurs and you say, how, how is your business? Oh, yeah. My sales yesterday were phenomenal. So sales are sales of vanity is what I like to say, because often an entrepreneur will run around. And go, oh, I've got a Brilliant sales day. OK, yeah, great, great sales. That's a good, good start. We have to generate sales. Um, you know, so sales are vanity. Profit is sanity. But cash is king. All right. So that's another fun one. And that would be another point that we would start with somebody is to, um, you know, an analogy I would probably give, which is a very, very simple one. We're going to open a very small business, you and I. OK, we okay. decided that people want to buy ten dollar bills. OK, we're going to sell just ten dollar bills. All right. So nice, easy product, only one product. And we think the market won't pay ten dollars. They're only going to pay five. 
We're going to have huge, if we convince them that they're not counterfeit money, because obviously people go, why are you selling them for $5? Are you a drug dealer? Are you trying to steal it? Which is probably what drug dealers do. Um, love watching Ozark at the moment on the TV uh, as a series where he launders money all over the place. So there's an accountant there. He's counting his money. He's watching his business. So lots of pop culture as well that you can, you can look at and see and, and stuff. So, uh, uh, but anyway, so we would have huge sales we would have huge cash flow going in and out. So two of the three criterias doing really well. Have we made any money? Not if we're selling, buying them for 10 and selling them for five. So we have to understand, hence those numbers on, if I was to look at that business and said, it's turning over a billion dollars. Sounds like it's a successful business, doesn't it? It generated half a billion pound dollars of cash in a month. Wow, this is Amazon all over, isn't it? It lost half a billion dollars in a month. Mm. Three numbers, how powerful those three numbers can be and how if we look at the wrong number and we don't understand the number, that that's the problem. And it, the, what often happens, with unfortunately, with small entrepreneurs, bigger businesses obviously have the accounting systems. They've got people like me in the background looking at the numbers, people like Warren Buffett turning away. But little people, and I don't mean that in the derogatory term, but small micro businesses, entrepreneurs like myself and, and, and others that I work with, um, they're focused on the path of doing the data, of actually servicing their customers, providing the information that they need. That they don't look at the numbers for weeks and for months. Well, if we've been doing this business for $10 and buying, selling it for five, now that's a very dramatic example, but it could happen in the fact that you buy it for five, you sell it for 10, you look like you're making money, but actually the five in the middle, you've got an office, you've got all these other bits that you haven't thought, advertising, Facebook, and all the media, social, and suddenly, every time we sell something for $10, it's cost us $11 or 10 pounds, 11 pounds for our UK clients who will be watching and, and stuff. Um, but currency is irrelevant. But it's very easy to think you're being successful because you see this money coming in and you see money going out and money coming in and it's all looking great. But actually, if your numbers aren't, and then the next point, let the numbers decide, needs to be real-time numbers. You need to be working with your numbers, ideally, not necessarily daily, but certainly monthly. And many entrepreneurs, and same with personal taxes, we don't look at them until once a year. Well, you can't make a decision based on once a year as a small business. And that's, again, where it comes back to letting the numbers decide is, well, they can make huge decisions, but you need to know them today or this month, because what you do this month will impact next month and very on. And unfortunately, most entrepreneurs only want to speak to their CPAs or their accountants once a year. Uh, and usually, if you follow the old school, your year end, an example would be if we use the UK, uh, you have nine months after your financial year to file. If we come back to the US, you have four months to file your taxes after the year end. And most people don't even look at their tax returns until a couple of weeks before they have to file. <laughs> that will only reveal what you did 15, 16 months ago may have been the completely the wrong decision and you've, you've not changed it. So the numbers being all powerful need to be real time. Second point, plain speaking, real time. And that's what the business coaching or a accountant, uh, CPA, somebody in your corner who you work with on a regular basis, who becomes that conversation, who becomes that sort of supporter of you, gets to understand your business and uh, gets to be involved, will make the difference to helping let the numbers decide. So if we say that most of our, a lot of our audiences, uh, our audience here are, are coaches, let's say yep. they're coaches mm -hmm. and they're just starting out. So maybe, especially now they're losing their job, you know, um, because of COVID and a whole bunch of other things. Um, and, but they've been in human resources for 25 years. So they want to now mentor and coach where where do you suggest they start or how would you even launch them, you know, and, and advise them and mentor them through the process from, you know, just starting out? They have their intellectual property. They know how to help people, but they want to start a business as an entrepreneur. So let's let's go through yeah. that process. Yeah, well, again, there's usually um, the key. There are perhaps five key questions that you would want to ask or I would want to ask them uh, in the initial phase um, is, you know, 
the setup, the structure of your business. I mean, again, in all countries, both the UK uh, and in the US, it's about getting the right structure so that you understand that you are compliant, first of all. Now, that's often, unfortunately, most people, entrepreneurs, that's the last thing they want to think about, but it can make a difference as to whether they're successful or not successful. It can make a difference as to how they, uh, what they can claim and what they can't claim. Again, always coming back to let the numbers decide, eh? the, the numbers guy. I'm going to drive it back to the numbers because they are the alpha and they are the amiga. They're the first thing you're going to do. You know, open a bank account. Well, what do you do? I put a number in it. I put a dollar in to open the bank account. So there's a number. And it'll be the last thing to do when we leave this mortal, mortal earth um, is that the IRS man or the HMRC man is going to come and take his taxes. So there's, there's death, there's taxes, only two certainties in life, death and taxes. And most entrepreneurs would rather die than pay their taxes. So it's rather extreme. Um, and it's, it's been in a poll, number one fear for an entrepreneur is failure. Number for two is dying. Well, okay, well, <laughs> we'd rather fail than die, you know, type situation and pay our taxes. So uh, anyway, um, we digress as always, but because um, I love digressing. Stories galore. My the calls with my clients often are uh, twenty minutes of numbers and forty minutes of just general chat. So, uh, <laughs> but coming back to your question, it's about obviously understanding number one, perhaps your structure. Um, and working out what is the thing. And there are different structures. Obviously, there's sole trading, there's there's formal companies, et cetera. And they have pros and they have cons. So it's a thinking about that. Because if you can get your base, like building a house, if you build your foundation before you, you put your foundations in before you even start putting your floor plan down. You don't even start decorating until the walls are up. Well, a bit like opening and starting a business, you want to have your vision. If you bought your, when you first moved into your home, you had a vision about where perhaps the, the piece of art that's behind you, what was going to go. You had another, you know, you had a big picture. And that's great. That's as they're coaching, that's the client that they're working with, the niche client that they want to work with. But that also has an impact as to, we have to think about pricing. We have to think about reverse engineering because if you need, You've had a job, you've lost your job, and you were earning, I'm going to pick a number out of the thing, $100,000 a year, and that's what you need to live on. Well, guess what? Your business has got to generate $100,000, £100,000 of post-tax profit. I'm getting technical now. Not cash, not sales. You can see I can go off and do $100,000 or £100,000, but if I need £100,000, that's not my money because I've got taxes and I've got expenses and things like that. So we have to start building up. Now, if we've worked out that therefore $100,000 is a $200,000 business, that's what we need to do. Just very, very, keep it very easy. Can we generate $200,000 with the products that you want to do? And Faye has worked hard at that in her pricing, in her in the teaching that comes through the On Point Mentors program. So guys, if you're watching and you haven't taken her courses, do it because there's lots of value in there. Um, but it's true. Everything she talks about um, is, is I would wholly support uh, because it's about reverse engineering. If you're going to sell something for $97 and you need $200,000 of revenue, that is an awful lot of product. Yeah. You know, if you can work a product that's got $20,000 a year revenue, well, now you've only got to sell 10 of those. But there's a lot of people going after those that really big client. Um, and so you probably need to have a, a model within the middle. So it's about having uh, letting the numbers decide as to whether it's even feasible. And it may be that as a coach and somebody from an HR example, and actually I do have a couple of clients who are uh, who were exactly what you've described, who were HR um, um, directors um, who decided to take a break and have pivoted into coaching and stuff. But they have found that the and this is perhaps not what the people want to hear, is that you have to have some contract work that actually you may have to do some internship to build that network because transitioning from an employee to an entrepreneur is a whole nother mindset. Again, it's one of the things that included in uh, one of the courses that I've been developing, which surprisingly is called Let the Numbers Decide, uh, has, a has a module on the mindset that you need to change from being an employee to an entrepreneur because you are so used to your Twice every, every twice a month, if you're in the North American, getting your paycheck. If you're in the UK, getting your paycheck at the end of the month. From that paycheck has been reduced, has been taken most of the taxes that you will owe. So that the in in essence, so the money is yours. Well, guess what? As an entrepreneur, 
That's not going to happen. So if you're used to that, you need to think about what is your business going to do? What's your business going to look like in those first few months? And it may be that it's going to look horrible, that it's going to come back to our example earlier where you're selling stuff. The money is just going out of the business. So starting an entrepreneurial business as your own sole income without some backing, without some capital, without some support of maybe a partner, if you've got somebody who's working, because it's going to be painful. There's no hope thing about that. These people that start think now, aside hustling, that's perhaps another method. Have your job, start the side hustle, build the side hustle, and then transition down. What's happening? Same thing. We're letting the numbers decide. The numbers are getting bigger here, and the numbers can get smaller here. And that would be so again coming back to mindset transition the numbers play everything because ultimately we can love what we do and we can give it away for free which is another thing that entrepreneurs are very bad at giving it away for free we have to give away free stuff of right. course that's creating right. value um that's about but it's it's free in a different way it's a free in the fact that it's you know, I'm going to give you something for free. Therefore, I should be allowed to perhaps interact with you. Um, I want to add value. And in, obviously, in the current online world, with all the, you know, giving away free value and adding value and creating yourself as the expert is important. Um, but that takes time. Uh, and coming back to the numbers, if you need to earn $10,000 a month, $5,000 a month, you need to know that those numbers are just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the emotion comes in, doesn't it? Because yes. then you're worried about your numbers. So you need to have the plan. And that's where working with a business mentor who's going to, such as myself or obviously Faye or Linda or Stacy or any of the, Carolyn, all of the other guys that are on the, in the business side are going to say all of the same thing, that you need to have a plan. It needs to be specific. Uh, you need to value what you're doing, but you also need to understand where that fits in the marketplace. And sometimes undervaluing yourself will do yourself just as much harm because you get known as the cheap person. Uh, and, you know, and then when you suddenly you've got a client, you go, well, actually, I need to double your fees now because actually it's not working. They're like, so, but you have to start small. So the, unfortunately, there's no there's no magic bullet. If there was, I think we'd all be doing a lot more very quickly and just launching businesses all over the place. <laughs> It's being true to yourself, I think, is is also and, and surrounding yourself with um, people and a network that can support you. Right. So which is where the on point comes on as a as an amazing directory of network, isn't it? I mean, we're we're all helping each other. And hopefully the guys who are listening are part of the thing, but also other people who perhaps are interested, um, you know, can understand that the network that on point is, is growing to become um, has has a lot of value. I've met so many great people. So yourself and the six months um, who add support and with, you know, and I think that's also a, a key thing that you need to have people in your corner supporting you and championing what you do. And then look at the numbers and go, okay, because the numbers may not look good to start with and you'll need some emotional support to go. Right. Mm, okay. But if there's a plan and we can see where it's going forward um, and that's also, you know, again, we work with clients who've come to us who are in terrible debt um, because they haven't looked at their numbers. They haven't worked with real time, all the other bits and pieces. And then we have to remove the emotion because they are almost suicidal. And we, uh, you know, I have had one client who um, basically did end up in therapy and he was suicidal um, and hadn't shared anything with his family uh, and uh, became quite a drain for me. And I actually had to say to the guy, you know, this is becoming something that I'm not comfortable in talking about. Right. But I had a friend who was a therapist who was able to help, who was able to bring him back. Um, and so, again, you use your own network. You, you, you can't be all things to all people, although we like to be as entrepreneurs. Right. Um, we have to accept that there are people out there that can help us. You know, I think it's so, quite interesting when you talk about the the life versus men, uh, business mentor. And we had a little conversation about this earlier, is that what I find is that a lot of my life mentors also help in the business side. Like I, we've got some mentors that have run real estate companies and, you know, run, uh, you know, managers of big uh, um, accounting firms and, and, you know, so many business mentors that left that world, the corporate world, and now are helping women in transition and all of that, but they've used their business knowledge to help stabilize the emotions and vice versa. You yourself, you know, we said, you know, you, you said, I don't deal with the emotion stuff. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
Yeah, and, and I think at the beginning, and the, the use you uh, you you rightly pointed out that I did, and it's only it's only actually, and I think that's where the fun thing is when you work with other colleagues like yourself, and and who come with a the same the same approach, but from a slightly different angle. It makes you think, and you know, I, I would say the same that uh, you know now now that I'm thinking about the different way when I was first talking with Faye um, about the whole on point mentors, it was like, well, that's not, and she's like. Just think about how you tell me what you talk to in a client for an hour. And I'm like, OK, well, I coach them and I tell them. How, and you're right. So it's we all have the things. And, and, a, and a, as somebody who's become a life coach who's come from the business world totally gets that emotion. And if we go all the way back to my opening gambit story, um, I can pull on that now as a as the fact that uh, you know I almost had an emotional breakdown and, and did have some therapy sessions as a result of it because I just became so almost in a way so focused on the business that I didn't allow the life uh, we didn't back in the, in the in those sort of days there wasn't really quite the life either but <laughs> it, it's now a more uh, you know another word I talk about is empathy it's a word that people band around all over the place yeah, yeah. Um, and what does that really mean to us what does that mean to you what does that mean to me it's very you know I, I need to have empathy well empathy with what empathy is more about you know perhaps Again, you know, walking that mile in somebody else's shoes is perhaps a better word than, you know, and appreciating it from their side. And that's where obviously the variety of mentors can can, can assist and, and stuff. So, well, yeah. even something like scuba diving, you were talking, you, you, you know, had your scuba diving job. I mean, I'm, I was a master diver. I never did become an instructor. But when you're coaching people and taking people down to depths they're uncomfortable with, or just beginners doing a night dive or, or something like that, you know, you're dealing with the fear, you're trying to calm their fears, you're go going back to basics and let's do the checklist to elite, you know. Yeah. So you are doing life coaching in whatever you. Yes, no, that, and that's true. And, and that's true because again, you know, uh, I, I suppose you're right that it's, but it, it's almost we shouldn't be defining life right. business. Exactly. We, it's mentoring and coaching. It's, it's you're right. As I say, a life coach can have, as you say, many, many right. business experiences and a business coach will also have many life experiences because otherwise we wouldn't have been successful in our businesses because it, it, it is, even though in this strange world of COVID-19 at the moment, it's still about people. It yeah. is all about relationships. Yeah. Uh, okay, if you're buying a commodity, possibly, but even that there was a, an emotion or relationship somewhere, you go buy something from Amazon, you you know, you're buying it from somebody who's putting it in a box and buying, you know, and there is right. the emotion and, and you, you then go, well, actually, I'd like to try and support my more local business. And, and so, you know, it, it's emotional. And I think the other thing that's become quite interesting in, in this changing world um, is the video technology has finally caught up that we're able to do this. Right. Uh, I'm here, you're there. Um, you've, you've interviewed some of my English colleagues. And so, you know, he was in London uh, and we could be sat in literally across the table. Right. Uh, but it's also meant that um, in my world, I've actually got to see some of my clients who I've only ever spoken to on the telephone which is really quite amazing. In fact, we found two or three of them, and I've still got a couple who won't jump on a video call, don't like that, don't want to do it, who I've never seen, which is which is quite an, uh, quite an amazing thing. But I think that that's power, part of the world, really, now being the virtual world, being able to um, use technology, which is, again, I, I can only run my business because of technology. I would The old-fashioned accountant had to be in the building to go and see that person. You know, the numbers can whiz their way through the Internet, um, you know, the use of Dropbox and virtual file sharing and things like that. So the power of the Internet has changed the whole world of mentoring right. as, as well. Um, but I think that the challenge for us as coaches and mentors is how we generate that connection through the screen. Because right. I know I know a lot of uh, again, I do, we have, I've got quite a lot of coaching clients who are having to now go to online presence um and again you know some of them have joined through the on point because of the technology that on point is, is, is providing as part of the support which is, which is fantastic but it's it's a whole new way of of, of training because right. i i can get some feel from you from your emotions and stuff but i can't see you because you're only this sort of big um, <laughs> and i can see you know whereas if but if we were in a room, um, you know, I'd get to see whether you were slouching or, whether, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's certainly probably slightly easier for, I, I would guess, and I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you in a minute, it's slightly easier for me when I can see a client who's like, uh, 
because it's about it's more there's more tactile we're talking we're reviewing numbers we're talking about interpretation and stuff um, i mean how are you finding that as a life coach and we're, we're gonna i think we need to stop that as a as a coach on the emotional side which i still have well but, but you know you get my feel you get my drift here so so how, how are you finding the technology i well it gives you access to more people globally um so i could be talking to you know someone in johannesburg and and helping them you know last week i think weren't you did was it uh was the lady last week from johannesburg or certainly from south africa Oh yes, I, I yeah, I was talking. To, well, one day it was South Africa, the next day it was Hong Kong. Wow, yeah. And another time it's London, and so yeah. I'm trying to get all my time zones right. And I'm, I'm trying to find the perfect app where I can see where we all intersect because you know we're going to be starting our panel discussions about different topics, current event topics, and how we can help mentor and coach people through them. And uh, you know, I've I've got to figure out the perfect time where everybody from the world yeah. can join. That's going to be a challenge, right? Yeah. For yeah. someone, it's going to be one a.m. or or eleven exactly. p.m. or whatever. But exactly. speaking of the world, or or it, let's 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 span out a bit in terms of the flow of money, um, whether it's through an economy or whether it's through an individual. You know, they say money goes to people who value it most. And, you know, the wealth building, so to speak. So, for example, someone wins the lottery. Why is it that when they win the lottery, they tend to squander or maybe not so much squander because that sounds frivolous, but they end up losing it all. You know, they give it to their family. They, they buy things for people. Where's, well, in, you've seen a lot of people's finances. What's going on there? If you can kind of tie it in with the psychology of where their value of money or wealth building is. Okay. Well, I think some of that comes down to the mindset of success. Most actually, most people don't believe that they have the right to be successful. It's a, it's a block. Number one in, in, in one of my mindsets that we talk about block to success. Number one is that, that you don't, you're not in, you don't feel that you can or are entitled to be successful. And I think that once somebody wins the lotto, uh, there, there's that thing, oh, gosh, how did this happen to me? How did this happen to me? Um, but again, it becomes the emotions take over rather than letting the numbers decide. Uh, and, it's just the fact that their mindset, the, 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 and to spin this around the other way, you're, in your opening comment there about uh, why does money go to money? Well, it tends to be because the people who have been successful have managed to move their mindset from being, I don't deserve to be successful, to actually being, I am, I, de I deserve to be successful. Uh, there are some, there are many of the mindsets out there, and I know that. Um, uh, there's an Australian lady, uh, I can't think of her first name, but manifesting the money type thing. Uh, I think her, her program is Lucky Bitch, is the form that she has built. And I know Faze, Faze introduced me to it. And it, it's, that's, that is her product. Um, and it is about positive manifesting for, for the uh, female uh, entrepreneur. And it's saying you have the right, you know, first of all, you have to have that mindset that I, I, I have the right to be successful. It's not about being arrogant because that's, again, some people can say, well, that's being very arrogant. No, it's just being assertive. It's my opinion. And I have, if I put my mindset to being successful, that's the first, that's a great start because there are going to be roadblocks. There's going to be bumps in the road um, and you're going to need to surround yourself with positive people, um, positive signs. And again, some of the things that we teach, all of us teach about is, is this mindset. But again, particularly in business, the, the, the people who are successful have a, a specific plan, they have an objective, but they also have this mindset that it is okay to be successful. Many countries, unfortunately, that's um, held down, particularly, I mean, and I think that's one of the things that America in its history has got very good at, um, in the fact that you have that, the American dream, as what I, as often I refer to it, good, bad or indifferent, um, but it's a dream that says, you can be president, you can win, you can, you have the right. Now that's, some people say, oh, that's very American, but it's it's drilled down to the thing. It's the positive mindset that I have the capability. And if I want to, I am able to do this. Many other countries, we're, and England being an example, oh, you don't, you know, you don't go around shouting about your success. 
Well, unfortunately, if you don't shout about your success, then you're putting yourself in that same mindset that you're not going to be successful because you will not your subconscious will naturally go to a, the lowest common point. And if you're subconsciously going, I can't tell people I'm successful. Well, then unfortunately, that's a video that you're going to be running right. in subconsciously. Uh, again, one of the training techniques, we, we talk about the, the um, come back to the scuba diving. If you're feeling, um, and we do the sack and do the same with obviously life coaching uh, and, and stuff, which I do some of, but uh, is, you know, it's creating those videos of success. And that's one of the things we talk about in the Let the Numbers Decide course um, is, again, about how you transition from being this entrepreneur, employee to the entrepreneur. Um, and it's about the mindset that you're changing. So, OK, I'm going to run the video that I'm going to be successful. And you have to find things that you were successful at before. Not may not be in business. Maybe, you know, that very first night dive that you did and how the euphoria that you felt after that. Well, the same with success in business. If you can take that and go, OK, today was a pretty bad day. I had loads of expenses and I had no income. Well, if you go to the end of the day feeling, as you can see, I'm already uh, deflated. And when we first got on the on the uh, when we were both getting ready for this, we we both we both did this. We both pumped ourselves up, and that's that, that's a technique, isn't it? That you teach, I'm sure. That certainly um, I've taught um, for the same as scuba diving. That you think about something positive. And your nature becomes positive. So money to money is because they're thinking, I am successful. I want to be more successful. How do I be more successful? Well, guess what? I look at my numbers in real time and I work with people who are going to be of the same mindset. And we let the numbers decide that, yes, I can take this gamble. No, I shouldn't take that gamble. Are they strong enough to make the powerful decisions today? Yes, they are. They may not be the right decision. I'm not saying that not let the numbers decide will always make the right decision. Um, Richard Branson is, a, is an amazing entrepreneur. We would all agree with that. Yeah. He launches probably between 100 and 200 companies over a five-year period. Wow. We, don't, we don't know those sort of numbers of companies. He has a go at something. Um, I don't think it ever came to the US, but the, the wackiest one that did actually make it for a little bit, he did Virgin Weddings. <laughs> I did not know that. That's what he called it. He was got himself into the bridal market and he was selling dresses. But of course, he branded it initially Virgin Weddings and they tried to make a play on it and stuff. Not one of the better ideas um, of the view of Virgin Weddings and, and, and stuff. But he is an amazing entrepreneur because his mindset says, I'm going to try this and I'm going to let the numbers drive. I'm going to let the numbers be involved. But I have to have some emotion. You know, I'm an emotional sort of chap. You can see lots of energy. Uh, and that's why I'm not your typical accountant. I put that in my uh, bio. You know, if you want somebody who's very quiet and sustained, don't come anywhere near me because you can see that. I don't stop talking. Uh, I interrupt. I'm handsy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the far from an accountant as you can possibly get, <laughs> um, as they say. So, uh, but my clients love it. Uh, and if I'm quiet, they're like, what's the matter? Why are you being so serious? And I'm like, well, because I'm trying to give you, a, you know, it's a serious topic. No, we much rather when you're fun, because then we know the numbers are okay. <laughs> <laughs> being a teacher, they say. So, uh, but anyway, so Richard Branson, you know, and it, what the numbers can help you with is that if the decision that you've made and the passion and the drive is sending you down this road and the numbers aren't supporting it, well, then you have to go, what do I need to do to change to keep down this road? Plan A. That's where we're going. But the numbers are going to say, well, maybe plan B might be a road, a, a, a sidetrack. You know, the Alice in Wonderland quote, uh, you know, any road will do if you don't know where you're going. You know, and that's same with life. Same with same with the, you know, the numbers are part of that journey and yeah. stuff. Like that. So, uh, yeah. So mindset, wealth. And there are lots of blocks, unfortunately, that go through the same thing, specificity and, and, and you know, and other problems under undervaluing yourself and, you, you know, uh, and it's a spiral and, and yeah. you need to work out how to break those and that's where business mentors life coaches coaching us as a general uh, community i think bring more value than people than people accept or people realize um and it's, it comes back to again the fact that you know they don't believe they can be successful right uh, that they can that it's but it's it's a journey that we should do together uh, and i think that's that's more again that comes back to a community doesn't it uh, and yeah. you know the emotion of side stuff you know, my, my husband and I took a road trip uh, in our Sprinter van around, um, you know, from Colorado all the way through Lake Tahoe, San Francisco, visited my parents, going down to L.A., 
you know, did that whole round trip thing over a two week period. And um, we did not once listen to a piece of music or the radio or a podcast or audiobook, nothing. We just talked. And you know what yeah. we talked about? And this was probably one of the most um, powerful exercises we did. Um, so, you know, we, we said, we, we've taken a couple of um, kind of wealth mindset courses. Uh, John Demartini, Dr. Demartini has a great one called Where's My Billion? Uh, mm -hmm. We've also taken, uh, you know, the Laptop Millionaire had some great mindset things. So we kind of combined some of the things we learned and one of the things we did was um, if the universe were to put a trillion dollars into our lap, because you need a trillion to change the world. Actually, you need several trillion to change the world right now. Because we always yeah. think, okay, what would we, what would we change? Um, so if the, if the universe gave you a trillion dollars, what would you do with it, right? Because if someone said, I'll give you $100,000, you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this. But a trillion dollars makes your mind explode, right? So you're not you're not taking a trip to Tuscany, you're not buying the villa or whatever. You're really making a difference. Thinking, what would I do? We talked everything from healthcare to infrastructure to uh, education was big, and you find out what you really value because that's where you want to make a difference in the world, right? So we went through each one of those topics that were valuable to us and it changed the way and expanded our boundaries on what's possible and what difference we want to make and what legacy we want to leave. So, you know, little exercises like that. I was curious to see if you had anything, you know, similar that just makes people believe that, you know, there are no boundaries to what you can achieve uh, with the numbers. Uh, I don't have anything quite as dramatic. Uh, <laughs> I think if I was to, I was just thinking while you were explaining, what would what would I do with that? What would perhaps be my central focus? Um, and I think it would be around education. Um, and, you know, the very fact it would have to be that, you know, coming back to accounting is the language of business. Uh, and I would, um, you know, I would try and, I don't think it's done enough in schools. Right. The, the uh, people come out of school coming, you know, it's it, uh, accounting. Well, it wouldn't be accounting and it would be a business module of such, but it's about wealth. And, and I think that, you know, wealth creation and the very fact that you talked about a couple of the courses that we all look at later on, possibly. Um, I don't think we, we intrinsically um, add enough value in the schooling as to what the world of business uh, commerce, the world, the, the numbers, the names get the thing. But even just down to looking after your own money, you know, right. about personal money management, because personal money management, if we come back to the example earlier about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave my job and set it up. Well, first of all, how much money do you need to earn? You know, and how are you going to change that? You know, um, I sometimes have clients going, well, I, I, I said, you've taken too much money. Well, I need to. I'm like, well, the money's not there. You know, you, you've taken money that isn't your money. Now, ultimately, it's your money, and it's, I can only tell you that that belongs to the government, and that belongs to here, and uh, and stuff. And I can't, you know, but you need to then change your personal mindset as to well, you didn't need that amount of money five years ago or ten years ago when you left college. So something has changed along the way, uh, and often when they end up in the major debt, is that they've taken too much money because they haven't really thought about it, and suddenly it's become there's only a hundred pound here, there's five hundred pound there. And, it, and suddenly after two years, you're in debt to a huge amount. And I think that generally um, the world struggles with that, not just from the, an accounting perspective, but people coming out of college with student debt, people coming out of college with credit card debt, credit card life. You know, Starbucks plays on our emotion just to give them five dollars for a cup of coffee. All right. The first thing I normally would say to them, if you're in trouble, how many times do you go to Starbucks? Oh, I go every day on the way to work. Well, we're stopping that because. That has got to go, all right? We, you can buy a flask, you can buy your Yeti, you can put an instant cup of coffee in it for two, but two cents, you take that with you. I don't like that. Well, guess what? Five bucks a day, that's 35 bucks a week, that's up 250 bucks a month, that's $3,000 a year. In five years, if I just stop the coffee, I've got you a plan. And that's just one thing that we talked about. So I think, you know, the education, um, and that's where actually you all the way back to say, well, isn't that what you tell your clients? And I'm like, yes, yeah, so you're a coach and you mentor and you speak. So join this platform that we're creating <laughs> because of the fact that actually 
it's exactly what the platform is about and about what you're about and oh. actually it gives you a wrapper and then, you know i'm, I'm going to wrap up with that that uh, you know the whole my whole life outlook recently has been wrapped around education and and stuff like that so yeah trillion dollars education on money back to my sesame street i love to count, count the money <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I've, uh, you've brought in quite a few of our mentors, and I've, I'm slowly meeting them as I interview them. And I tell you, I, one yesterday had a tear of gratitude, and I was so touched. And uh, because it's an opportunity that they didn't even think about, you know, joining as a as a mentor coach. And I'm not trying to plug. Well, I am trying to plug on point, but, oh, but we are. We're, we're part of that. <laughs> community now and it's you know but it's i really do feel like it's becoming a community and it's 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 fun it's fun and everybody seems to really have as the same goal and that is really helping make a difference to people's lives both individually or a community and now we're going to be starting to think about you know how can we have this little think tank and how can we solve some of the larger problems um, with the variety of different mentors and coaches that we have. Mm. I mean, we got everything from engineers to, uh, you know, accountants to doctors and lawyers mm. and, you know, so I think it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, ultimately, if we as, as a group can't become the most successful business on the planet, then, you know, we, we should be able to get, you know, right mindset. We should be able to take on the world and, and, change things exactly change for the better because you know it's the old butterfly effect isn't it you know butterfly flaps its wings one place to tsunami somewhere else and i know that's a huge metaphor but it's true small steps and i think you know uh with the world's going to need to refocus on some of the um planetary things right. that are happening because right. the world has gone i know we will explore this a lot more in the in the summit but you know the the fact the world has gone completely nationalistic so inward focused so bipolar um, on everything polarized that you know the planet is suffering and of course covid hasn't helped with single use on plastics and stuff but we, we've got to find a way otherwise you know uh, and uh, there are great minds that we should be able to small steps education right and stuff right right so so tell me uh, you've got a number of different courses that are coming out what uh, what are those about do you have titles for them, topics? For okay, them? Well, the, the first one that we're launching is called the Let the Numbers Decide. That's that's the big course, as, as I like to call it. Uh, from from that, that's a, sort of a, it's going to be a six module. I'm st still sort of in development uh, as, as to the to the actual, whether it will be a 12-week course or, or the things. Basically, six modules. What I'm discovering is that if you make the modules too in-depth, uh, people, you know, we get some attrition rates and it becomes too long. So I'm rejigging it a little bit to uh, to make it a little bit more um, result driven more instantly. Because, again, you know, if you're trying to launch a business, there's obviously the end goal. But I'm trying to sort of make it happen that there's that it becomes that you at the end of each module, there is some real wins, some instant gratification, um, that there's a finish line for each point. So that if you stop after one because you need to then go and do something that you don't then feel that actually the course is is, is there. So that's the big course that I'm working on. Hence, let the numbers decide. Uh, we've got some sort of smaller training for sort of entrepreneurs um, around the um Three, let me reveal the three secret documents of business. Uh, the, the phrase of that one is profits and, you know, the sales uh, vanity, profit, sanity, cash is king, where we do some basically an hour sort of webinar on um, those three documents and how to how I bring those to life so that you can instantly at the end of the hour go back to your own business. And the first question you would be saying to your CPA if you work with one is, I haven't seen my numbers for at least three weeks or a month, or six months, or nine months, and oh my God, um, and he goes, well, that's because you've never asked. I'm like, well, now I'm asking, and I'd like to see this report, and then at least you can go back and look at the training and, and the questions to ask. So, uh, so, so those are the those are the sort of the two at the moment. Um, others coming along. Um, I try not to get. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've lost my train of thought now. Sorry, uh, I'm trying to remain focused. Um, <laughs> Apple always says that I tend to try and do this. No, I need to focus. So, uh, you know, so we'll 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 focus on that. And I think from the from the big course, I think the aim now is to perhaps produce some modules that will stand alone on their own. Right. Because, you know, uh, the the big course is like fifteen hundred dollars. So that's quite an investment. Right. Um, you get you know lots more than the fifteen hundred dollars. But I think what I need to do is break them out so that 
there's, there's smaller, more module courses that fit together and lead nicely in, but give you a, a start, a middle and an end and a finish line that you can go, I achieved something. You know, we want you to be able to say, yeah, I got there and, I, and I've, uh, cha-ching, I've, I've achieved something. Positive success. <laughs> yeah, I think the bite-sized pieces is what everybody's looking for these days because who has time, right? Well, no, exactly. I mean, exactly. we thought COVID would give us time and it, it has given us time in different areas but it also has made us busier so yes indeed indeed uh and stuff exactly adding adding in as we try to go more global because you know covid's given us the opportunity to go global yeah. the global market is is even hungrier right. than a niche market right. uh, and so you know hence again uh the little scattergun approach can be okay now i've got to keep coming back find your niche and that you know back to one of your other examples what would be the other starting point yeah. a niche a plan, real time, and be very specific. Well, on that note, Colin, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great conversation, you know. Uh, let the numbers decide. Now I know what that means. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks. Okay.